Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden, and you're listening to Queer Stories. Today's story is by a brilliant young storyteller, Belinda Quinn, who writes, listens, plays and rests on the lands of the Yuan and Dharawal language groups. They've worked in street press, commercial magazines, in sound and in venues, and have volunteered for community radio. You can read more of their work at belindaquinn.com, and after listening to this beautiful and vulnerable piece, I'm sure you will. Belle shared this story at Wollongong Town Hall in October 2020. Over the past few years, I've gotten stuck on a song. One of its lyrics in particular has lodged itself into my mind, refusing to fade. In Head Alone, Julie and Jacqueline sings, I raise my body up to be mine. I like the way her voice lingers on the word mine, drawing it out like she's digging in her heels, staying firm in what the sentiment means to her. I catch myself singing this lyric in the car on my regular drive up from Nara to Wollongong. I hum it when I go for a walk in Bengali Reserve. The melody's familiar curves return while I sit on a weathered jetty by the Shoalhaven River watching fish jump. I sing it when I'm mourning my body's memories. I sing it when I'm celebrating them. In my early 20s, I fell into a routine of giving into expectation when I dated cis men. I anticipated that my body was required to follow through on certain sexual scripts. Seeking out casual sex felt like engaging in a lucky dip. I'd find myself holding my breath, my fingers crossed, hoping that the next experience would be a good one. In 2018, I shared my body with three men. With the first, I find myself in the extraordinary discomfort that comes with the pain disorder, vaginismus. When I tell him I'm in pain, He replies, matter of fact, with the words, you just need to push through. With the next person, I find myself in a chokehold that I didn't ask for. And then, on the day before New Year's Eve, I find myself sobbing unexpectedly, midway through sleeping with an old friend. So, six days before I turn 26, I make a choice. I tell some friends that I'm taking an indefinite sabbatical from having sex. I laugh at the idea, act like it's a joke. At some point during the sabbatical, I start going on dates with Frankie. She slides into my DMs after a night of long, warm chats and cold beer at Dicey Riley's pub. I still remember our first date. She shows up on my doorstep with a box full of vegetables from the food waste nonprofit she volunteers for. From the get-go, she's generous, considerate, and thoughtful. We sit in the bar, nervous, compulsively discussing car makes and models, which is a topic I know nothing about, (laughs) but can't seem to stop talking about. (laughs) After a few glasses of wine, my nerves dissolve, and we relax into each other's company. 
We meet up every few weeks or so for a year, giving each other a few hours of respite from one another's lives. We go for a bushwalk on the sacred Mount Kira. Frankie strips down to her undies because a bug snuck up her pants. And I very helpfully chant support from a distance. We go out for indulgent dinners. We lie on the couch watching Chris Hemsworth dance a very spunky dance in Bad Times at the El Royale. We... (laughs) We dance our own spunky dance at the pub after watching Melbourne musicians Spike Fuck play a show, an artist who happens to write songs about sexual disorientation. But mostly when we spend time together, Frankie and I, we just talk and talk and talk. It wasn't quite a platonic friendship. There was something flirty and subtle and comforting about it. Frankie and I don't rely on immediacy. Instead, we reply to each other's messages when we can. She's a loving single mama. She's raising a three-year-old. I feel a sense of trust with Frankie that I struggle to feel when my body isn't involved in a sexual romantic relationship. There are still times where I feel insecure, where I feel unsure of the reality of the situation. I find myself questioning if we're not getting all up in each other's buds is like the romantic aspect of this even real. I look to others for affirmation of my feelings when in hindsight I'd like to go back and tell myself, just feel it for what it is. After a year of going on dates together, we go for a walk up the Wadi Wadi Trail where Frankie tells me she has some news. She's going to give a past relationship another shot. We dangle our legs over a hanging rock that overlooks the water that flows from Coldcliff Dam into Stanwell Park Beach and we agree to be friends. As we stumble back down the trail, I feel a strange mix of sadness and joy for the memories we've shared together so far. Flash forward to January this year, where one of my best friends on our shared birthday, they give me a well-read copy of abuse survivor and disabled queer activist, Leah Lakshmi Piepshna Samaras Singer's book, Dirty River. While flicking through its worn pages, I learned that Leah had taken a sabbatical of her own. I read over the lines where she writes, I took three years off sex, three years that was supposed to be my prime time by somebody else's rule book. This was in 1997. Leah would have been in her early 20s at the time. She writes, I needed some time off from having a body in order to figure out what kind of relationship I would have with one when I got back to it. Right now, I feel like I'm in the early days of figuring out what relationship I want to have with my own body. The world that I grew up in on rural, colonised Yuan land was a world that didn't always raise bodies up to be autonomous. I started to learn the lie that my body wasn't mine from an unfortunately young age. For those of us who have endured and survived bodily trauma and violence in our childhoods, the process of re-raising our bodies, as Jacqueline says, to be our own often doesn't take place until adulthood. We could begin this journey at 19, 35, 50, 89. We might never have the solace of feeling a strong sense of agency over our bodies, but it's never too late to start re-raising. For me, my friendships have been at the centre of this journey, 
And during my sabbatical, my time away from sharing my body, my friends have pointed me towards books by Judith Herman, Pat Ogden, Cindy Crabb. My friends have invested huge amounts of energy in just listening to me. When it came to romantic relationships, I had internalised the idea that my body was more desirable than who I was. But with Frankie, I could feel that she was just content to hang out by salt water, to go on cute dates and feign interest in car models with me. (laughs) And the fact that my body wasn't involved didn't make that romance any less real. For me, learning that our time together was enough for her, that time spent just talking, 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 that shifted something for me. In my early 20s, I rarely felt true pleasure and I didn't realise it at the time. It was like the dial was turned down on all my senses, but now I feel pleasure interspersed within the day-to-day. I feel it in a greasy, gravy-soaked pub feed while talking shit with a friend. I feel it while riding my bike with friends on Land, gliding under peach-coloured moonlight. I feel it by a glassy river, and I feel it in the smell that soaks the air before rain comes. And I believe my time away from sex and this very queer, very rare friendship with Frankie, alongside other friends who've helped me to slow down, to feel more fully, they have pushed me forward on this path. I notice now that I feel pleasure with Frankie when we sit on damp sand, winter sun warming our skin, looking out to the salt water, saying nothing. I feel pleasure when she's doing well, when she's fulfilled. I feel pleasure when she laughs, and I am incredibly lucky to have felt something that before I wouldn't have thought it was available to me. It was completely unexpected. At times I felt confused, but more than anything it was healing. And as it shifts and changes, it continues to be. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy Queer Stories, please follow us on Facebook, rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and consider signing up to my Patreon to help cover the costs of editing and producing these wonderful stories. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.